Welcome to another word of encouragement. We're going through the book of Keep the Fruit uh, on the Table from Francis Ward. And uh, I wanted to give you a little background of Papa Ward. He was saved on a barroom floor and uh, he was called to preach. Um, whenever they were on the field and uh, missionaries to the Spanish speaking people, they came off the field because he had a heart attack. And uh, Jesus walked in his uh, hospital room and said these words, you don't know a thing about my book. My book is a book of love. And I'm sure, uh, you know, men sometimes whenever they preach and even women, you know, they get so strong and, and hard on the word that it almost sounds stern and uh, angry. And so God got his attention. And from that moment on, uh, he also said that you don't know a thing about this book, about the Bible. He said, you only love me as much as you love my book. And so that just had a heart change for Papa Ward. It totally changed his demeanor. Uh, he was just like a big teddy bear. He just loved people. Uh, there was so much counsel along their kitchen table and uh, that he was a minister to ministers in the Houston area. I remember uh, whenever we were traveling in ministry, uh, he would call up Ted, my husband, and and just, you know, make sure everything was going well. And, and he would never say, oh, goodbye, we'll talk to you later. He would just say, okay, and hang up, you know. And so he was just a, a man of love. And, and I just want you to feel that love as we go through the uh, book and the principles that are there. And uh, God used him to minister to ministers. Uh, I, I know he established so many, probably hundreds of full gospel businessmen chapters in the Houston and Texas area. And uh, you'd never know it because he would just come in and sit down. He wouldn't draw attention to himself. Uh, but whenever he spoke, you better listen because God was speaking through Papa Ward. He was like a gentle giant. So the second chapter of Mama Ward's book, Keep the Fruit on the Table, is titled, If You Want It, Sow It. So in John, 1 John 3, 1 through 3, she said, uh, the Bible says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not, and didn't know Jesus whenever he came. Beloved, now we are the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is, and every man that hath this hope in him purify himself even as he is pure. Now that's just the, the uncompromised word of God. So she uh, zeroes in on the section of the passage, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that we shall be like him. And this is what God is working on. God Almighty wants us to conform 
into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ came to the earth to be our example. And as we read his word that he's given us, that we can conform to that word and live out the life of Christ in our everyday walk. We're called Christians or Christ-like ones. So God planted a seed in us that would spring up into the likeness of Jesus. You know, you become who you are around. And uh, this likeness doesn't come all at once. It changes you a little bit at a time. There are many times that we get, uh, we get, we don't get all the message whenever we hear it. And we go home and reread those scriptures. And then Jesus just replays it and enlightens it to us as we spend time in that word, as we plant the word of God in our hearts, it will produce. It might be a growing time. It might be a maturing time. But in time, that word is a seed. It's put in seed form and that it will produce uh, in our lives Christ-like character. We continue to grow as we spend time with the Lord and our perception increases. He allows us to see in the spirit. We, we, we see it in the natural, but then he will give us glimpses and insights through his word, how that uh, our, our perception of things, how we see it in accordance to the word of God, that it bring, brings it into a clearer uh, revelation to us. We might not get it all at once, not all in a year, might take years to germinate. But as we continue to grow and move with the Lord, our perception will increase. And we're able to receive more of the messages that Jesus gives us. Now, our perception will increase according to our obedience. To the third verse, it says, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God in Matthew 5 and 8. So we are, as we are purified, we begin to see or perceive. She's not talking about being a sinless perfection that all of a sudden we have arrived, but the attitude of our heart is what she's talking about. And I know Pastor Rusty has talked about this. The attitude of our hearts becoming so close and in tune with his thinking and his ways that his ways become our ways and his thoughts, our thoughts. It's just that again, if you want it, sow it. So the best thing you can do is get in the word of God and sow that word in your heart. And as it grows and develops, it will be seen. We are, are going into producing such a desire within us to press into the high and holy places, she talks about. Like Isaiah said, in doing so, truly we enable to see in a manner wherein the natural mind is limited, but then we see as he sees and he gives us the whole picture. Of course, there are those that cannot see because they're blinded, because their heart hasn't been illuminated by the gospel or being born again. 
Paul gives us an understanding in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost and in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, there are, are people in this world that are absolutely blind. They live in darkness, spiritual darkness. And uh, you cannot put down somebody that is blind because he cannot see, some of uh, evangelists once said. Don't criticize a blind man because he can't see. That does not change the situation in the least. And no more will criticism change the state of one who is spiritually blind. Instead, love those who are blind and communicate with them on the level that they can receive it. Don't be talking these spiritual truths that are way up far above them. They're just, they're just not even born again yet. They're not even children of God yet. And so give it to them in a way that they can they can in time understand and see what you're talking about more than anything, live it before them, live that life, keep that fruit there that they can be nibbling on it and they can grow and eventually accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. You know, one thing about the words that I always uh, remember is that I never, ever heard them criticize a pastor or anybody else they would not criticize, they were not critical of anybody, but the love of God in them just overcame uh, those faults and failures. And they would see hearts change as they would just love people. They were just, uh, just they, they kept love, fruit out of their uh, lives. Uh, as we're around people, and we uh, are having the Spirit of God living inside of us that uh, it goes outside of our demeanor. And because we as human beings are spirit, soul, and body, we're communicating all the time. I'll say that again. Your life is communicating all the time. You can walk into a room and you can literally change that atmosphere there. Because the Jesus in you can literally change the atmosphere. Um, you can make a difference by being there and the kind of people that are gathered there. Uh, there can be only one person that's hungry in that room, but she said that the Spirit of God inside you can draw that person to you supernaturally. They might not even understand why they're walking up to you and introducing them themselves. But the Spirit of God inside of you draws those people to you into conversations that you can share with them. Uh, let, me, let me give you an illustration of this and then we'll, we'll close it for today. But there was a, uh, a woman in her Bible cl uh, class one time and that she was a Christian and she was having to go to Las Vegas uh, to a convention and she just dreaded it. She said, I don't even want to go. I don't know why I'm going. But uh, Mama Ward grabbed her by the hands and she started praying for her. And this came out of her mouth. She said, you will be amazed. There is a woman in that group that is so hungry for God 
and the Holy Spirit is going to bring her to you and set her down right beside you. And that's exactly what happened. He did that in Las Vegas in the casino. And uh, God was moving in that woman's life. And later on in a convention in Dallas, that same woman came and sat by Mama Ward and she could, she just brought up the conversation right where that other woman left off. And uh, she, she had been uh, born again and uh, they didn't even know each other, but, but Mama Ward was led by the Holy Ghost and just picked up where that other friend in Las Vegas left off. And today that woman is a spirit-filled, born-again woman. And uh, now her life is blessing many others. So just, just know that you never know how much your life is a Bible that people read. And I'd like to add this, use words if necessary, because your actions speak a lot louder than words. Thank you for joining us today. And we'll meet you again on the next episode. Thank you.